Welcome everybody back to another Blake Builders video. We are starting the uh, interview um, Q&A series again. Today we have a very important guest to us, um, Eric Moyer with SWT Energy. Eric is the Director of Sales and Marketing. Um, they're basically known for solar solar energy solar tech solar what's the what's the right word the buzzword well it's kind of a funny story uh swt energy the origin of the name stands for sun wind and thermal um we actually started the company was uh was created in 2006 by my partner randy chantel who was originally doing uh thermal hot water systems tram walls and that sort of thing uh architectural elements that would improve efficiency so for passive as well as active solar homes they wouldn't be using, say, photovoltaic energy to generate power, but instead using the power of the sun to heat the home. Um, we transitioned into solar and doing photovoltaic in 2009, and since then it's just been pretty wild as yeah. the technology has progressed. Yeah, it seems like I've seen more and more homes slowly, but more and more homes putting solar panels on or businesses, or you'll see them out in, the, in a field or whatnot. So yeah, um, it's definitely been picking up speed it feels like. Yeah, the acceptance is really growing statewide. I mean, we've had very encouraging um, conversations with people all the way out the panhandle, towns, villages, um, every, I mean, ag producers, of course, you know, with ground mount systems, but even talking to towns about repowering their infrastructure as well as providing supplemental power to kind of reduce their reliance on the grid way out there. Um, there's there's a pretty strong level of interest across the board. So if if you have all these solar panels on the roof or on the ground or wherever. Can you sell that back to a power company and make any money? Or what's that look like? Or is that an option? Oh, yeah. Um, it And it depends on the size of the system and the type of the interconnection. Um, there's it, lots of different sort of models for that. Mm -hmm. um, the thing we have here in the state of Nebraska, we do have net metering up to 25 kW. Uh, can be a much larger system net metered in on OPPD's system um, based on, they base the sizing of a system on your past load. So if you had a peak load of about, you know, 85 kW at any one time drawing from the grid, you can size the system up to that large. So in net metering, essentially you can generate excess power to offset what you would otherwise consume. Typically, if you push back excess energy at any point during the day, in real-time net metering like what we have here in Lincoln, um, they credit you based on 50% uh, of retail value for any excess energy that you, that you push back to the grid. Hmm. However, the energy that you would have otherwise consumed from the grid is essentially retail value because you're not pulling it from the grid. It would have cost you, you know, eight right. and a half cents per kilowatt hour in the summer. Um, so if it's generated in real time and you're consuming it with your lights and your equipment and your building, um, then that energy is essentially offset at full retail value. So it's a very nuanced kind of conversation as to how mm -hmm. the payback works. Right. Um, and if it's worth it. And if it's worth it, yeah. absolutely. And a reputable solar installer can easily show that using you know, widely available tools like NREL. Um, Na National Renewable Energy Laboratory provides a, a tool called PV Watt. That just that's kind of the industry standard okay. and a lot of the utilities here use it as well if you have an nrel report you can actually take it to your utility and then they can show you against your past energy bills how that relates to a cost savings for you perfect yeah that's good um it, yeah I just, like i said it just feels like there's been more and more solar panels either added to a home or i'm seeing with new mm -hmm. new homes we have yet to do it 
um, <clears throat> any of our new homes or commercial projects, do you feel like the solar panel world is really, really growing steam? Do you feel like it's kind of plateauing? What, what do you see the future? I think the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the industry is growing at such a rapid pace and, and they're, now, granted, there's a lot less manufacturers right. in the space now than there were, say, 10 years ago. There was just everybody had a new design or standard for solar panels that they thought was better or what have you. Mm -hmm. That's all kind of shaken out, and now we have really just the market leaders that produce panels. But it's, a multi, it's an international industry with right. players in virtually every country. Um, the majority of panels come out of, like, Korea, China, places like that. But there's a growing amount of, uh, of manufacturing here in the United States as well as in Canada, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's, um, so another buzzword that people have been probably hearing about now and then is the Tesla. So, oh, yeah. Um, obviously, Tesla's a big into vehicles, but they're also into so many other things. Yeah. Um, so there's a Tesla Powerwall, is that what it's called? Or what's the yeah. what's the terminology? Yeah, um, the, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Tesla has a couple of different battery products that are available for everything up to municipal scale all the way down to residential. Um, the residential battery, which is what most people are familiar with, the Powerwall, um, can be used in commercial applications, but then they also have what are called power packs that can be used in larger installations. And you know, fun fact, if you go to any of the Tesla supercharger locations, there's generally like a, a little walled off area that has inside of that a couple of Tesla power packs in there, which is kind of cool. And they're about like the size of a, a typical household refrigerator, like 30 by 30 by about 60 inches tall. So pretty cool stuff. And so is that linked to solar panels? Is that just the stored, what? What is that exactly? Yeah, um, the real benefit of like the Tesla Powerwall, for example, is the excess energy that you'd otherwise be pushing back to the grid at say wholesale cost or 50% of retail if you're here in Lincoln, you actually retain um, in the battery to then power your house or building at night. The other really impressive thing that these batteries can do is when mounted in combination at a commercial property, they can be used to uh, offset demand loads. So if your baseline load was say 65 kW or what have you, and I forget the exact number where uh, uh, demand charges kick in here in Lincoln, I believe it's like 70K. Um, the batteries can offset that excess load so that you don't pass into those demand charges, keeping you under that demand peak and keeping your costs low on a standard GS rate instead of getting hit with the demand charge. So and it works out surprisingly well for the utility as well because then they're not having to engineer excess capacity for those peak loads. Um, you know, if you talk to any utility manager, they're always going to say they have, you know, the the biggest challenge for them is man is building out a grid specifically for those peak loads just right. for a handful of times in the summer when everybody's running their air conditioner and ag producers out west are irrigating. Mm -hmm. um, that's when their grid has to be most robust and largest and have the most capacity. But <laughs> the majority of the time, it's not even half that uh, load. So it's kind of a it's kind of a, a you know a a nice benefit to utilities to not have to build out that extra infrastructure for those peak loads that only come just those rare times during the year and you can offset those peak loads with batteries using these these technologies from Tesla so it's a really great product so back to the solar panel as far as like cloudy days 
you know, everyone's like, well, if I have solar panels and it's cloudy here all the time or it's winter time, the sun's far south. Mm -hmm. um, is there any concern with that as far as like cloudy days and, you know, storing the energy that you get? Sure. Well, it'll, and, and on a cloudy day or, and in the winter in general, production dips from what you'd have in the summertime, but it doesn't go completely away. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's, if it's bright enough for you to see, you know, there's actually photons you know, that those panels can absorb and convert into electrons and generate electricity. Um, so you still produce something. It's not nearly as much, right. but your panels will still produce. And, you know, a fun fact about solar panels, they actually produce at a higher level of efficiency in the winter time than they do in the summer because the cold actually helps the panels work better. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And, and during the summer months when it's really, really hot, there's actually a, a phenomena called heat fade that can actually reduce production somewhat. I mean, it's relatively minimal, but it can dip production as much as 10% from rated DC capacity. Wow. That's yeah. really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, generally speaking, if someone that's watching right now wants to know on average the cost to put a solar panels on their home to give them the energy, what they need for their home, how would they estimate approximate that would cost? I mean, is there a range, X thousand, X thousand, or how do you, how do you kind of go about that? Well, uh, pricing in our industry is generally based on cost per watt mm -hmm. installed. And a typical range for a residential installation is about 260 to 285 per watt installed. And what that translates into is for a typical residence, you know, if you've got, you know, five to six kilowatt system, you're looking at about 15 to 20,000, depending on how difficult okay. the roof is to navigate, get the panels up there and all that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what else would you like to share about solar panels or solar energy or wind energy? Uh, wind? With, with our, with any, yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people ask us about uh, <clears throat> wind energy, uh, particularly uh, in, in rural areas. Uh, mm -hmm. They talk to us about uh, wind turbines, small wind turbine for uh, just powering like a farm operation, things like that. Yep. With the W in our name standing for wind, you'd think we'd be, you know, real quick to, you know, to provide a solution there. But ultimately what we've learned in the, you know, 16 or so years of doing business is that, uh, you know, wind energy doesn't, small wind doesn't hold up as well to the types of storms that we have here in Nebraska. Mm. Um, you know, we generally recommend that, you know, for anything that you could do with wind, you can do better with solar. And the cost of solar comparatively is just so much better. Right. And the payback is just way better as well. And the reliability is the, is really the, that's like the last straw. So if there's a farm in central or western Nebraska or, or here in eastern Nebraska, you'd probably push into more solar panels than wind. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, and that is not to say that large wind turbines are, aren't efficient or don't work well. They mm -hmm. work great. They do a wonderful job of doing what they do at municipal scale. You know, large scale wind turbines for, you know, generation for utilities. They're a fantastic solution. They generate a lot of power. It's reliable. Here in Nebraska, we have some of the highest average cut-in speeds of anywhere in the country. So the, the average wind speed at 90 feet up here in Nebraska rivals that of anywhere in the, you know, in the country. Uh, so we have an amazing resource here. You know, we have abundant sun, we have abundant wind, and we have lots and lots of water. Um, our economy, um, our ag economy is relying on this stuff, and our grid easily could be as well, because we have 
ample resources here. Uh, the latitude isn't too far north. Um, the like I said, the wind speeds are great, um, and uh, yeah, I I really hope that in the future, as a state, we do more of it. Very good. Well, um, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us today? Uh, you bet. Uh, my favorite color is blue, as <laughs> evidenced by my jacket. Um, no, if uh, anybody has any questions about solar power in the state of Nebraska um, and you want to just learn more, a great place to start is uh, going to a nonprofit website run by Nebraskans for Solar. Um, there they have uh, a long list of uh, installers like SWT Energy that can help you navigate uh, the different products and services that are available. Um, and they also have some great resources there as far as who to contact at your local utility uh, that might be able to help you uh, get started. Very good. And then we'll we'll give all of Eric's information down below in the comments as well to reach out to him if you have any other direct questions for Eric. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down with me for a little bit and uh, we'll definitely um, make sure people are more aware of the solar and wind um, energy and technology that's available. So Sounds good. Thanks, right. Blake. It's Thank been so a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you.